Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. Do you love our praise and worship team at all? Come on, give them a big hand. Tell them we love them. Give two people a high five. Tell them they look good in church and you can be seated. God bless you. Welcome to New Heights. If you're watching online, I just want to say thank you. It means the world to us that you would do that. And I would also say if you're ever in Texas in the Bryan College Station area, come out to one of our New Heights services live. I promise we'll make you feel right at home. Come on, won't we make them feel at home, church? I want to talk this morning about a topic you, you, you may have never heard a sermon about. Who, who was here last week? Just wave at me. Anybody watch the sermon online this week at all? Anybody? Praise the Lord. One of you. My mom. Praise God. <laughs> Lots of hands. It's nice. But I want to talk about a message that, that you may never, you may never hear about. You go in church your whole life and never hear, never hear anybody teach on this topic. A lot of the reasons people don't teach on is they don't understand it. A lot of reasons they don't teach on is because uh, nobody taught them about it. Um, and, and that's okay. You know, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying, giving reasons why a lot of people don't teach, a lot of people don't talk about what we're going to share today because they don't, they really, they really don't have a concept of what uh, we're going to be sharing about. Everybody say kingdom. kingdom. God brought a whole new kingdom. To planet earth. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus talked more about the kingdom than he did nearly every other topic. He even said the gospel, which every time you read the word gospel in the Bible, that you can replace it with the word good news means the same thing. Everybody say good news. Good news. So Jesus brings good news. <laughs> if anybody's bringing Jesus to you and it's not good news, it's probably not gospel, right? So uh, Jesus, the Bible talked about, Jesus said in the Bible over and over again, he talked about the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom is at hand. It is reachable. It is at hand. It is close. He even talked about the gospel or the good news of the kingdom. Now, the reason we don't understand kingdom is because uh, our society is not a kingdom society. We are in a democracy, which is a very good thing when it works. Uh, Literally, it is where we vote in who we like and we vote out who we don't like. And a lot of times that person is, is somebody you want in there today and then you find out their true colors, then you don't want them in there tomorrow. Or that person is exactly who you thought they were going to be, but then you change and you want to vote them out because now your belief system has changed. Your, your philosophies have changed. But that's very different than a kingdom because a kingdom comes from two words, king's dominion. That means what the king says goes. Jesus was not voted in, praise the Lord, and he cannot be voted out. That means if you don't like what he says, well, I just had like two or three things flood my mind that I can't say. But if you don't like what he says, you don't get to change it because it's not a democracy. The angels are not in heaven going, well, I'll tell you what. You know what? I'm not sure I like this whole Jesus guy. I don't know. Well, actually, there were a few. There was a third of heaven that was there. And they started talking that way. And then, boom, like lightning from the sky, they were flung from the very presence of God. So the kingdom does not have a democratic voting opportunity like the society that you and I live in. So that's why a lot of people don't really gravitate with kingdom because in the kingdom, it's, 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 it's for you, but the Bible is kind of a take it or leave it scenario. You can't pull the pages out you don't like. You can't add some pages that you would rather have in there. You know, like love your neighbor as yourself and then put a comma unless they say this and then you can throw tomatoes at them. I don't know. So you can't change it. So when Jesus was walking around with his disciples, 
was a dozen guys that he handpicked. In other words, it was like the first thing Jesus did was develop a life group. It was a dozen guys that went around with him. And it was a dozen people that, you know, they, they weren't theologians. They weren't, they weren't seminary trained. God bless every seminary. God bless uh, everybody that's trained in seminary. But that's not who Jesus chose because the reality is, is the bulk of society is not going to go through those processes. And those processes are phenomenal. But a lot of times the, the uh, information can sometimes block the revelation. Does that make, not all the time, not all the time at all. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those that had, had valued religion over relationship, those are the ones that Jesus was trying to point out as saying, hey, these guys are missing it. I need some people that are going to understand not the religion of this thing. I need some people to understand the kingdom of God is at hand. So there was a dozen guys. They followed Jesus around. And if you could be with Jesus, I imagine you'd come up with some pretty good questions. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think I had all the great questions that I would ask him, you know. How come sharks have teeth, you know? Why, why do we have mosquitoes, you know? Just, just questions I thought were important. Now I'm a little bit older, right? And, 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 and so my questions are a little bit more mature, you know, not, not that much more, but maybe a little bit more mature. But the disciples, they, they had some pretty good questions. And one of the times they asked Jesus, they said, hey, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? I think that's a pretty good question to ask Jesus, don't you? The one who sits next to the right hand of the Father, the one who has all authority, all power was given unto him. He doesn't do anything he didn't see his Father do, but if you know him, you know his Father. And the guy that literally changed society, humanity, and eternity forever. I think asking him how to pray is a pretty decent question. Wouldn't you agree? So they said, how should we pray? And Jesus said this. He said, pray this way. He said, pray that his kingdom would come here like it is in heaven. So he said, I want my kingdom here like it is in heaven. Most people don't teach about kingdom because they don't understand kingdom. They spend their life talking about being saved, and we should talk about being saved. It's a very powerful thing. But God didn't save you so you would stay at that moment of salvation the rest of your life. He actually called you to get born again and then go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Does this make sense? So a lot of people don't understand kingdom, so they don't talk about it. Jesus said, ask God that his kingdom would come here like it is in heaven. So we need to know what's going on in heaven so that we're not shocked when we get there. Some people that don't like prosperity are going to lose their mind in heaven. Oh my God, I can't walk on this gold. Oh my goodness gracious. Some people don't like being blessed. They're going to walk up and Jesus is going to be like, Gabriel, take them to their house. It's going to be 2444 uh, Hallelujah Avenue. You're going to be walking up. You're going to be like, oh, I just want me a little trailer house or something. Praise the Lord. You're going to look and Jesus is going to be putting the final nail on the roof of your house because he's preparing a place for you. The Bible says, in my house are many mansions. Your house is going to be sitting there and you're going to be going, whose house is that? Jesus is going to be going, it's your house. And you could have had one down there if you learned how to pray. Some of you are going to lose your mind in heaven. You're not going to know how to act. The pearly gate's going to be sitting there, and you're going to be like, I can't touch that. That's too expensive. And God's going to be like, listen, I use jewelry for building materials. There's no limit to God. Somebody say amen. The only limit is between your ears. You have to wash the religion out so you can get some relationship. Once you get some relationship, then you can actually start walking in kingdom life. Somebody say kingdom. Most people don't understand kingdom. They think from a democratic scenario. And that's, it's just not, that's not the way it is in God. The way it is in God is it's a kingdom. It's his dominion. And what happens is when you begin to walk in kingdom traits, you begin to experience the kingdom here like it is in heaven. Does that make sense? But the thing is, when you don't walk in kingdom traits, you are saved, but you will experience life the same way the world experiences life. So you are a saved entity. You will go to heaven. God didn't lose you, praise the Lord, when you said yes to Jesus. But at the same time, you're not going to experience the kingdom at the level you could experience the kingdom. Because it's confusing to the spiritual atmosphere. The Bible says this, and I just want to tell you, you walked into church on the correct Sunday. Because the Bible says, it, when I was a child... I spoke like a child. But when I got older, I began to talk like a, a, an adult. I began to mature. So when I was a child, I drank milk. But now that I'm older, I want a little meat. 
How many of you guys are on keto and want some meat? Praise the Lord. <laughs> you came to church on Sunday morning. We're going to talk a little bit more of the meat of the word, okay? We're going to go a little deeper because at the end of it all, it's a, it's a completely different scenario, but it confuses the spiritual atmosphere. When you, the Bible says, you that are born again and baptized, you are clothed in Christ Jesus. You're enveloped in who he is. That's why you can walk boldly into the throne room of grace, make your request known unto God. Because when God looks at you, he sees you wrapped in Jesus. Isn't that what the Bible says? So if that's the case, and that's what the Bible says, you're walking around enveloped and clothed in Christ, enveloped and clothed in Christ Jesus. You're walking around this, this region, this world, this atmosphere that we're in. But then you open your mouth and you start talking contrary to the kingdom. The spiritual atmosphere doesn't know how to handle you. Does that make sense? Jesus walked around and said, I don't say anything I didn't hear my father say. In other words, he was word of faith. He would say... What was in line with the word that his father had already established from the foundation of the world. Does this make sense? So for you and for me, we got to get to the place where who we are spiritually begins to line up with who we are culturally. Our culture starts to line up with who God has established us to be. So you're walking through society, the kingdom, uh, uh, the spiritual world sees you and they see Jesus wrapped all around you. And then you open your mouth and you start to complain. You start to backbite. You start to gossip. You start to talk about woe is me, poor is me. I'll always be sick. If there wasn't bad luck, I wouldn't have good, I wouldn't have luck at all. You start to say all this and the spiritual world is like, what is that thing? Because you're wrapped in Jesus, but talking like the devil. Does this make sense? So what happens is, is you begin to develop your spiritual and kingdom culture. Now who you already are starts to line up with what's said. And that's what positions the devil under your feet. Because now you're walking and you're talking and you're speaking the word of God. Now all of a sudden he recognizes not only are they clothed in Christ. Now all of a sudden they're talking like Jesus. He can't get a foot in edgewise. He can't get a foot in the door. Furthermore, you'll confuse the angels that are trying to minister to you. The angels are working and warring on your behalf all the time. The Bible says only one third of heaven was thrown out. That means twice as many angels are for you than the devil is against you. Two thirds are for you. One third is against you. Two thirds stomps one third all the time. Does this make sense? So you've got the angels just warring on your behalf spiritually and the, the tide of the battle is turning and God is just about to bring you total victory and then you open your, and I'll close my eyes when I say it, you open your big fat mouth. The angels are just fixing to put the final blow on every demon that's messing with you and you start going, I'll never win. And the angel turns and looks and says, what? And all of a sudden a demon hits him when he wouldn't have been hit. Does this make sense? What happens is, is you start to confuse the spiritual atmosphere. Or you're like a lot of Christians. I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm cold. Oh, I feel God in this place. I got the victory. You get in your car and your car won't start. You're like, woe is me. And the, the angels sitting there going, you just said you had the victory. We were showing up to dance with you. Now all of a sudden you got a bad battery and you're talking about the devil's taking over and ruling your life. Why don't you hold fast, hold fast your confession of faith? You see what I'm saying? This is kingdom stuff. So if you weren't here last week, we're going to review real quickly. Number one, you have to control your mouth if you want to live kingdom life. You don't want to just get stuck at salvation Praise, oh, I'm just so thankful to be saved. I'm just thankful to be saved. I'm thankful to be saved too. I, I praise God for that. But I'm not spending my life looking in my rear view mirror when God put a windshield in front of me and my eyeballs on the front of my face. Yeah. Only person I know with eyeballs on the back of their head is my mama. <laughs> we'll be, I'll, I'll never forget, we'll be driving in the car. Stop that. How did you know? I think my wife may have them too. Praise the Lord. I think all you mamas might have them. Is that why y'all have y'all's hair like that? Your eyes are on the front of your face. I press towards the mark. 
for the prize of the high calling in Christ. I'm not steadily looking back. The only thing I know is if you're going to get to the next step, you got to let go of the last step. You got to watch how you talk. And I'll do this quickly, but you can't go saying everything you want to say. You can't be a jerk and live the kingdom life. You can't be rude and arrogant and pick fights and talk about people. And, and you can't do that and live the kingdom life. You can, you can do that and be saved. God will save you. But you can't have the kingdom come here as it is in heaven if you're talking contrary to the kingdom. You have to control how you talk. The Bible says that a, a bit in a horse's mouth controls the whole horse. The Bible says a rudder on a ship controls the entire ship. So much so are just the same way that your mouth controls your entire life. You are prophesying your life with the words that come out of your mouth. That's why for me in my house, I'm not saying we always get it right, but I can tell you we're putting in a constant effort to be able to attach this to everything we say. And that's exactly how I would like it to be. Because what comes out of your mouth, that's the power of life and death in your life. You remember Jesus? He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can think to the mountain. You can say to the mountain, be removed, be cast to sea. That's because the thoughts in your head don't have mountain moving power, but your words do. So you will say something and you will either build a mountain for you to stare at or you will tell the mountain to get out of your way. When you talk to your children, don't you call your children stupid? Don't you call them dumb? Don't you say you'll never be smart enough? Don't you, don't you run them down? There's other ways to do it. You can say that's not how you act. That's not how you behave. That's not how you're, that's not how we've raised you. You know better than you can say those things, but don't you ever start calling them down. You call them up from wherever they are. Come on. We're going to be wise about it. We have to control what comes out of our mouth. You can't just be running off at the mouth. You can't be, and, and look, you can't be running off at the mouth at your family. You can't be running off at the mouth of people at work. You can't be running off at the mouth of people that don't like you, do like you, or anywhere in between. You can't run off at the mouth and expect to live in kingdom life. Find me one place where Jesus said, man, I wish I hadn't said that. That's because words are like shaving cream. Once they're out of the can, it's not going back. So we're going to build our life with our words and we're going to call things that are not as though they were. Give God a big hand of praise if you're committed to living in the kingdom. Second thing is love. Somebody say love. Love Love is very important. Love is not an option in the kingdom. And I'll say this and then we'll move on. You can't be a racist and experience the kingdom life here. You can't do that. You can't be a racist. You can't be filled with hate. You can't, you can't hate the people that hate you. Oh, but I thought, no, no. The Bible says, even heathens, which is just saying people that don't know Jesus, love people that love them, said you haven't done anything when you love people that love you. You haven't done anything. But when you refuse to return spite for spite, anger for anger, bitterness for bitterness, when you refuse to rejoice when something bad happens to somebody you don't like, when you refuse to do that, now all of a sudden you're in love and all of a sudden that's whenever that, that spiritual atmosphere begins to recognize you as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Because that's how Jesus acted. Remember Jesus saying stuff like this. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He didn't say, Father, kill them. They just put me on a cross. Right? That's what he said. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So love is not an option in the kingdom. You can't, you can't get in love and out of love. And in love and out of love. You, you, can't, you can't do it because, again, the spiritual atmosphere is responding to how you function because you're an ambassador of a completely different kingdom and the atmosphere is trying to determine, are you going to walk in this thing or are you not going to walk in this thing? Because if you don't walk in it, you will have the exact same results of the world. You'll just go to heaven. But if you'll walk in it, you can have kingdom results here, then go to heaven. Does that make sense? Where, where you go from just, you know, hey, quesera, sarah, whatever happens, happens. The devil is a liar. It's not just going to happen to me. I'm going to happen to it. Now, I'm not trying to say that privately. I'm just saying I have chosen to believe the Bible when it comes to the kingdom. You remember Jesus says, these things and greater shall you do 
That means when, when you pray, you don't just pray and hope something happens. You pray and believe that what you pray for is actually going to happen because it's not the power of your prayer. It is the faith that is attached to your prayer that moves the hand of God. So number two, you got to walk in love. Number three, this is a new one. Everybody say new. This is a new one. Tied, tied very closely in. If you're going to see the kingdom of heaven function here as it is there, you're going to have to have and develop. Matter of fact, I want to slow down. Everybody just say develop. You, this, this has to be uh, worked on like, like any trait or, or muscle has to be trained. It's a, part of, it's a part of what you can be, not of what you necessarily are right now. And I don't mean that arrogant or haughty at, at anybody. I'm working on it too. But these are traits that you have to purposely develop for the kingdom to function in your life the way that the kingdom actually can function at the level that the kingdom can function in your life. Does that make sense? So number three, you have to develop the kingdom trait of faith. 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 You can hear it a hundred times a day. It could have a hundred different meanings, but we're going to go with God's meaning, God's definition. Hebrews 11.1, throw it on the screen for me. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of what we hope for and it is the evidence of what we can't see. In other words, faith already understands I won't see all the answers, but I'm still going to believe. Does this make sense? If you have a flat tire and you have a spare tire with air in it, you have a jack to jack your car up and you have a lug wrench to to take the, the lug nuts off your car. It's not God's responsibility to change the tire. That's something you can see. But when you can't see it, come on somebody. When you can't put your hands on it. When you can't understand how it's all going to work out. Now all of a sudden you have entered into the kingdom side of faith. Where you are trusting what you can't see more than what you can see. You have to get to the place where not having all the answers doesn't derail you. This is kingdom culture. This is how you get to kingdom functioning in your life. This is how you refuse to let your profession fail or, or, or die off, your confession die off because you're not seeing things. On the contrary, when you don't see things, that's when your confession and profession begins to elevate. In other words... You go to the doctor, you get a bad report, but you still believe the report of the Lord. Now, that's not saying that we don't go to the doctor and get everything done and checked up and everything else. It's just saying, I am putting my faith in the ultimate authority by faith more than I am what I can actually see, feel, and touch. You see, see, see and feel. Does this make sense? If you're going to have kingdom life, you're going to have a, develop a culture of faith. It's a developed trait. You begin to develop. You begin to say, I'm not unusual because I don't see how it's all going to work out. It would actually be weird if you did see how it was all going to work out. You'd be the weirdo. Praise the Lord. But everybody around you, every person around you is going through something. They don't know how it's going to work out. But the devil wants you to feel isolated. Because if you'll feel isolated, now you'll start feeling like I'm the only one. Pastor Brian never goes through anything. All he ever talks about is faith. Well, you're half right. I only talk about faith, but I'm constantly going through stuff. I'm just not talking about what I'm going through because I already decided I'm going to make it through. Does that make sense? So faith becomes who you are, becomes your position, and not what you base things on when things start to feel right and you have enough goosebumps. If you want goosebumps, you can go watch a horror movie and get goosebumps. You need God to move in your life. And that takes kingdom culture in this world as it is in heaven. And if you're going to live by faith, the Bible says in the book of, in the book of Hebrews, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. That means if you're not functioning in some area of your life where you do not have all the answers, you can't please God. 
He has put in you the desire to do something great. Man, I feel God. Do something greater than you can actually do on your own. He has placed inside of you the desire to complete a thing that you're incapable of completing. You're going to have to have God move in your life. You're going to have to live by faith. If you're ever going to experience real kingdom culture in this realm, it's going to have to be an understanding I won't have all the answers. I don't want to live a life where I don't have to have the God factor. I don't want to have everything so mapped out and so safe that I don't have to have God to make some things happen. When, when, when God called Crystal and me to come start New Ice Church, we didn't know one person in the Brazos Valley. And the first people he sent us was Pastor Matthew and Tiffany. We just wanted Tiffany. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My God, I love having the microphone. Oh, shoot. We love them. But we didn't know anybody. You hear me? We didn't know one person. I remember my brother called me. My brother, he, he's, he's a phenomenal church planner. He's a missionary all over the world. He said, how's your launch team going? I said, I guess me and Matt are doing good. <laughs> he said, launch. I said, launch team. I said, you say lunch team? He said, launch. He goes, you know, the people that are going to launch the church with us. I said, me and the Holy Ghost and Matt. And Tiffany and Crystal, we're going to do it. Praise the Lord. And Brandon, we're going to do it. It's just going to be wonderful. In other words, we didn't have it all figured out. We just agreed to do what God told us to do. You got to get comfortable without having all the answers. You got to, you got to understand that being, being completely informed is not going to be your lot in the kingdom. That's not going to be your condition in the kingdom. Because completely informed sees the end from the beginning and that's God's position. So if you can see the end, then it's not bigger than you can ask or think. Is this making sense? So in the kingdom, to experience real kingdom life, you're going to have to develop a lifestyle of faith. What is God speaking to your heart? Maybe it's, maybe it's serving the house of God at a level you've never served the house of God. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, uh, being kind to that person that you walk by every day and you know they're on hard times. What's God saying to you? Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, you know, challenging you to take your business to the next level, but you know it's going to take some risk or some effort. There's a place where faith can operate, but faith has to have some unknown to even be faith. It's the substance, the evidence of what we can't see and what we're hoping for. That means when, when a symptom tries to get on you, the fact that the symptom hasn't left yet is your evidence that the symptom's actually going to leave. Because you can't see, you can't see the completed thing, but you're believing the completed thing more than you're believing the current thing. This is faith. This is how you go from glory to glory. This is what goes to the next level. Now do we understand why very few people teach on this? Because it's a completely different level. It's, 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 it's borderline easy to just come in here and, and say something and get everybody to shout and then everybody go home. But I don't want you just shouting in here and getting beat up all week by the devil. I want you getting in here and saying, I blacked both the devil's eyes this week and I'm going to do it again next week. Does that make sense? So number one, you can't just say everything you want to say. You got to control your mouth. Number two, you got to walk in love even when it's not comfortable. Number three, you have to walk by faith. Faith is not an option in the kingdom. Faith is actually a key element in the kingdom. It's impossible to please God without him, and we're not living by what we see anyway. Somebody say amen. amen. Number four, this is another new one. Write this down. Honor. We live in a society that doesn't understand honor at all. At all. We don't honor hardly anybody until they're dead. <laughs> right? You go to a funeral. I've been to some funerals, some goofballs. They were my friends. I can call them that. And you get there and somebody stands up. Boy, they were just so nice. And, they were, and I'm sitting there going, no, they weren't. <laughs> but then they give me the microphone. I do the same thing. They were so nice. I tell you. I just... <laughs> because when they die, we honor them. But Jesus said, pray that his kingdom would come here 
like it is in heaven. So if we're going to have honor, we can't wait till the funeral because there's no funerals in heaven. Nobody dies in heaven. So for you and for me, we've got to get to that place where we start honoring people today and stop waiting until they can't hardly hear us or hear us at all before we finally start honoring them. That's why the world doesn't understand it. Because the world has honor and respect interchangeable, but respect is very different than honor. Respect is earned. You do a good job, you earn somebody's respect. You don't lie for 10 years, you earn the reputation of not being a liar. You earned that. But honor is something that somebody has to give. Honor cannot be taken. You cannot take honor from me. You cannot make me honor you. I cannot take honor from you. I can't make you honor me. You have to make a decision. You have to make the decision to be a person that walks in honor. And the moment you walk in honor, you're walking in the cultural commodity of the kingdom of heaven that might take you further than any of the others. Honor. Somebody say honor. Honor. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first, honor the kingdom of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. You put the kingdom first place in your life. You say, well, does that make, that make my family second place? No, you, you don't understand the kingdom if you think that. Because the minute you get in the kingdom, every relationship in your life begins to improve. Every relationship that's God ordained. There may be some relationships you need to cut off. Why is that? For honor. What do you mean? Well, if all they do is sit there and backbite and gossip and talk about everybody, you leave there mad, you leave there angry, you leave there frustrated, you leave there feeling less than, you leave there feeling like somebody's done you wrong, that may be a relationship, maybe not forever, but for a season, you need to stop being on the phone with them so much. Why? For honor's sake? Why? Because honor is a cultural trait of the kingdom, and it's one of the things that will stop the will of God in your life if you walk in dishonor. Same way I mentioned the, the spiritual world. The, the, the angels are all around you looking to minister to you, looking to keep you from even twisting your ankle, the Bible says. And then all of a sudden you start talking dishonor. They're going, what are they talking about? Jesus, what do they mean by that? What, that doesn't make any sense because the angels don't, they don't walk in dishonor. There's no dishonor in heaven. There's no dishonor in heaven. If, if, you're, if you honor your employer... And you should. But if you honor them more than you honor your spouse, you need to flip and begin to honor your spouse, husband or wife. If you honor your employees more, if you, a lot of people will honor the waitress at the restaurant more than they'll honor the people in their own home. They'll please and thank you them to death. But then they get home and it's a bunch of grunts and growls. And what's wrong with you? Why didn't you do this? Where have you been? You knew I didn't like that one. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's honor? Honor left the building. Well, guess what else left the building? The kingdom. And now the kingdom can't flow in the level that it wants to flow in your life because honor walked out. Honor began. Honor is one of the things in the, in the body of Christ that changed everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who do they say I am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Who do you say I am? You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You begin to honor at a different level. You'll experience God at a different level. I know this. Crystal and I have spent our life honoring men and women of God. And I believe it's partly why he called us here to do this. Because he saw that he could trust us. And let me just say this. I've had my fair share of people talk about us in the process. But the scripture says this. It says, touch not my anointed and do them no harm. Everybody's good with that as long as there's no moral or character failure. But then when there's a moral failure, we want to eat them. I like that preacher, but can you believe they did this? I didn't understand it completely. I understand it a little bit more now. But it will be very difficult for me to put into context the pressures that come delivering the word of God on a consistent basis. Because if the devil knocks off a prominent preacher, all those people who are feeding, you remember the Bible says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the constant revelated word, revealed word of God. 
when, the, when, when that minister gets knocked off, there's hundreds if not thousands of people that are now not going to be fed. Does this make sense? That's why he goes after ministers so hard. That's why, that's why he says, don't touch my anointed. Don't do him any harm because you don't know when they're going to come back. You remember Peter? Peter denied Jesus three times. Don't you know everybody that followed Peter? Was like, oh, I used to like old Peter. You know, he, he walked on water one time. But boy, he missed it now. Look at him denying Jesus. How many times have you denied Jesus? I'm just telling the truth on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and then Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to preach the most prominent sermon that has ever been preached at that time. 3,000 people get born again that day. But the people that gave up on Peter probably couldn't hear the Pentecost message because of the rooster crowing. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why you don't touch God's anointed. The Bible says his gifts are without repentance. Stand up, Jake, if you don't mind. Y'all know Jake. If I give Jake my phone like God gives his gifts, that means if Jake uses my phone for good, then I'm not taking it back. That means if Jake uses my phone for evil, I'm not taking it back. Because God gives his gifts without take without repentance. It doesn't mean without apology. It means he won't, let me see it. He won't take it back. You can sit down. Thank you. Does that make sense? So he puts his gifts on these people, these men and women of God. And all of a sudden the anointing begins to flow. They come under attack. Something happens in their life. And all of a sudden the church world wants to eat them. Well, honor left the room and the dishonor that somebody's willing to walk in doesn't affect that person who's called and anointed, but it will 100% affect you if it gets in your house. Dishonor will, 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 it will plug the kingdom in your, in your life. It will stop up the kingdom from flowing in your life. The Bible also says this. It says, it says those that minister the word of God are due double honor. This is, I was talking to Jake in the office. This is, can be a very uncomfortable. Do you see why people don't teach the kingdom? Because for me to say it, like, I know I'm a preacher. So I'm saying the, like, I, I get it. I understand how it could come across. It's the same reason a lot of people don't teach on tithing. It's the same reason a lot of people don't teach on health and healing. Because, well, what if somebody doesn't get healed? Well, are we going to tear that, that part of the Bible out just because, you know, something happened that we don't understand? No. That's why people don't teach on the kingdom because they don't understand it. But, but line upon line, precept upon precept, the Bible says that honor is one of the outlandish cultural traits of the kingdom. And those that minister the word of God are due double honor. I believe that's why God called Crystal and me over here. The, 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 my pastor, we would serve him and, and, and his, and his wife, uh, both of them pastor the church to a phenomenal job. And I'd be there an hour, two hours early. People say to me, why are you here so early? I said, I don't know when he's going to get here. Well, what, what's he need you for? I don't think he needs me at all. But what he, now I served a very specific role. I'm not saying everybody in the church should be at church two hours early. My goodness gracious. I'm not saying that, but I served a very specific role. And I didn't know when he was going to get there. So I was going to be ready. Why? Double honor. After service, we'd be done. He'd be having a meeting. What do I do? I'm standing outside the door. Everybody says, why is he going to stand outside that door like that? Well, I don't know if he's going to need something. Well, what, 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 what's he going to need? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. If I knew what he would need, I'd already have it. <laughs> He'd walk out and say, you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. You're still here. Why don't you go home? I'll go home when you go home. It was different. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling anybody they got to do this. I'm talking about double honor. We, we'd sit there, finally got to the place. Crystal and I started taking two cars. One car was honor. Two cars was double. So I'm going to go home when you go home. Well, I got some things to do. Well, I got some things to wait on you then. A completely different concept. Now, I want to add this too. The world won't understand this at all. Have you ever had a word change your life? 
What was the value of that word? I've had my whole life changed more times than I could ever imagine. And it came because a man or a woman of God was willing to say what the kingdom of God had available. I said, I don't care if anybody understands me. I don't care if anybody understands why I do it. There's places I go, I don't walk in without money in my pocket going to go in their hand. Why is that? Double honor. I'm not telling anybody to do that. I'm just telling you that's how Crystal and I really live our life. And I believe it has a lot to do with why God is allowing us to do what we do now. Because honor is the side of the kingdom that the devil can't stand. He got flung out of heaven because he began to get into dishonor. So let me give you some practical examples. And these are the things that will change your whole life. Stop listening to sermons going, I liked 90% of that. But that one thing, I just don't agree with it. I'm not talking about it in here. I know you agree with everything I say. <laughs> Do you see why people don't teach on the kingdom? So you go buy an album or a CD. It's got 12 songs. You give them 15, 20 bucks. There's 10 songs that you don't like and two songs that you do like. You never one time call that artist and say, I can't believe you put those 10 songs on there I didn't like. So a minister does 99 things you do like and then you find out what kind of car they drive. (laughs) And all of a sudden, well, I can't, I don't know, a preacher doesn't need this, doesn't need that. Well, how much do they need, Cletus? Does that make sense? I had somebody say something like that to me one time. I said, I said, so my children should be limited because God called me to preach? I don't think so. It's kingdom. It's honor. That word, you can actually look it up. That word, that word double means double. The word honor literally means money. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. I don't have time to expound it. It's in the Greek. Some of you came to this church. It may be your first time here. You've never even heard anything like this. I challenge you, stick with us for the next month. See what the anointed meat of the word of God will do in your life. The kingdom. It's a whole nother. You know, Ezekiel said, I see a wheel within a wheel. I believe partially what he saw was the kingdom inside the world. You remember, the the Bible says we're in the world. We're just not of the world. Oh, what if the stock market goes up? What if the stock market goes down? He supplies my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, what if taxes go up? What if taxes go down? He supplies my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, that's just just a, a, a bold stance. Thank you. I can't believe you. You just believe that with all my heart. Well, how's it going to work? Like I said, faith. <laughs> I can't see how it's going to work. If I could see how it's going to work, I'd be changing the tire myself. But I don't see how it's going to work. I don't know how it's all going to work. You have to walk in love. You can't decide I'm going to walk in love with people that love me and I'm going to hate my neighbor. You have to walk in love. It's a kingdom thing. I haven't said this in any service yet. You can't be shocked when persecution comes. The the world doesn't get it anyway, okay? And and I don't mean that disrespectful, but they they don't. You remember the Bible says those who have ears to hear, let them hear. A lot of people won't hear, and that's okay. Or they don't hear now. Maybe they'll hear later. But at the end of it, you can't just keep being shocked. They don't understand me. They killed Jesus. Jesus never did anything wrong. Of course the world's not going to understand you. Then the last last point that I'm adding today is honor, that trait of honor. What's the word of God worth to you? What What is it really worth to you? You know a tree by its fruit. Don't wait till somebody dies and then decide to honor them. My God. Don't. 
don't decide I'm going to honor you know, everybody outside my home, but in my home, they're going to have to tolerate me because they knew who I am. They know what I'm like. Of course, they know what you're like, but you'd be a lot more pleasant if you weren't like that. Honor. You begin to honor. One of the first commandments that was given, one of the ten, matter of fact, uh, it had a promise attached to it. It says, honor your father and mother. It'll give you long life, the Bible says. Long life. You don't have, listen, if they're not where you are, whatever, that doesn't mean you got to, you know, be ridiculed and, you know, stuff, but you can still honor them. You can still send them a Christmas card. You can still call them. You can still do something. You can swing by there and, and bring them a cup of coffee. You can honor your parents. Honor your parents. Kids, teenagers, honor your parents. I know every movie on the planet and every television show is telling you that you're supposed to be a smart aleck to your kids. But those TV shows are not going to be there when you need them. But your mom and dad will. You honor your parents. I can't stand those TV shows. They always try to make it out like the dad's an idiot. They always try to make it out like the mom's a smart aleck. And they try to make it out like the kids are arrogant. And then at the end of it, it all comes together and it was all the parents' fault. Give me a break. The Bible says raise your kids in the way that they should go. Your kids do need some guidance. They don't need to just go experience everything. I don't have to taste drugs to know my kids don't need drugs. I don't have to do that. They don't have to do The devil is a liar. Parents aren't wrong for raising their kids and protecting their kids. So kids, teenagers, honor your mom and dad. Honor them. Find a way to, to, to say something kind. You wouldn't believe it, but they're not as secure and confident as they come across. If you're in college, your parents have, uh, are, are still in your life, honor your parents. Don't let them be the ones to call you every time. Pick up the phone and call them. Drive home and visit them. I dare you to send them a note and just thank them for everything that they've done. Well, what have they done? You're not dead. They could have killed you. I, I sense like a thousand amens from all the moms. The moms are like, that's the best preaching I've ever heard in my life. I could have killed them, Fred. I'll tell you that right now. Pushed them out of my body to have them talk like that to me. Whoa. Change their diaper. They talk like that to me. Honor your mom and dad. Honor your mom and dad. Honor the, the, the gifts that God has put in your life in the ministry. I know how that sounds. I, I'm just reading the Bible out loud. Honor God. Honor who he's put in your life. Somebody's running their mouth about a preacher. You know, you know I'm not telling you to tell them to shut up, but don't engage in that conversation. Because what what, what's around you, that, that's, that's not what defiles you. It's what comes out of you that defiles you. Remember the Bible says anything you'll touch and agree on you can have. You start agreeing with that dishonor, that's what will come on your life. See, it works both ways. Everybody likes to think touch and agree. We touch and agree, get healed. You start agreeing with people and even that passive agreeing. I, I, I have more uncomfortable conversations than, I, than I'd like to admit because people will say stuff to me that I disagree with and I refuse to agree. Well, you know, your family had this on them and you'll just have to fight that and I'll just sit there. I said, you know what I mean? I said, I hear the words you're saying. Well, you know, you're just going to have to fight that. But you, you don't agree. I don't agree at all. I, I believe that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away and all things became new. That's what I believe. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. I believe the book. Don't get mad at me for believing the book. Well, you know, we got hard times coming. Preachers, we got hard times coming. What are you doing to get ready for the hard times? What? Amen. Well, I mean, I want to be wise, but quit prophesying it into, into, into existence. How about let's talk about our ladder will be greater than our past. You will be blessed more than you could ask. He said, you're the head and not the tail. Quit talking and wagging like the tail. 
Tail doesn't run the dog. You see what I'm saying? It's a different, the kingdom is different. You just have to, you just have to stay with me here for just a minute because I'm just kind of idling my engines. I, I sense the Lord is in this place even now. It was just a, just a different thing when you, when you begin to, you just begin to walk in honor. You just begin to walk in a different level of honor. Oh, I don't like them. I don't like them. Well, sometimes your opinion should just be kept to yourself. Because it's not your thoughts that have that mountain moving power. It's your words. You let them come out of your mouth. Now, all of a sudden, you're in dishonor. And all of a sudden, God can't operate in dishonor. You start to honor the house of God. I, there was a lady in the Bible. She had a baby named Samuel. If God will give me a baby, I'll give him to the house of God. I don't know if my mom got that revelation. That's what she did with us. She said, Samuel's mom said, anything you need, preacher. Samuel's here. He's ready to rock. Matter of fact, when he gets older, he's going to live at this church. I thought, my God, my mom read that. (laughs) They'd be sitting there. We're going to have a work day on Saturday. My mom be going, got three workers right here, ready to go. I got two brothers. They'll be here. Don't worry about it. What time? Eight o'clock. Okay, we'll be here at six. Mommy said, eight, you better be here. I didn't know it was an option. (laughs) Because my parents honored the house of God. You want to know how to get your kids involved in church? You don't just drag them to church and make them sit there. You drag them to church and get them involved in it. How do I get them involved in it? You let them see you involved in it. It stops becoming a place that you frequent and it becomes a place that you literally put your hand to the plow. Then your kids start doing it. Then you say, because kids always want to do what their parents say. That's why you can't smoke cigarettes and tell them not to. Because they're going to do what you do. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. So if you don't wear your seatbelt, you tell them to wear their seatbelt. When they turn 16, they start driving without a seatbelt. Don't be shocked. They're doing what you did. Does that make sense? So you bring him to the house of God and you do what Samuel's mom said. Whatever you need, he's here. Sammy boy, get in there. Get to work. My mom would do that. Man, we... Brian, yes, ma'am. I'm going to need you to walk to the church after school because we're cleaning up the prayer garden. And by we, I mean you. You talking about that part of the church is like, Looks like Jumanji. Yeah, what about it? Mom, that's going to take several days. Well, then you won't be bored. Mom. No, I just did it because I never did anything wrong as a kid. Somebody say honor. Honor. Touch not my anointing, do him no harm, Scripture said. Don't, Don't engage with people talking about preachers. Don't engage, and, and that's not just preachers. That's any old Christian, any Christian. Don't, don't engage with that. Can you believe they're supposed to be a Christian? I believe they are a Christian. Why? Because the Bible says if you'll believe in your heart and profess with your mouth, you'll be saved. And I've heard them say it, therefore I believe it. But how do they act like that? How do you act like that, Gertrude? <laughs> Did you know they drank a beer? Did you know you're gossiping right now? Honor. If your name is Gertrude, I am not specifically. I actually know somebody named Cletus. I have to bring get new names to get some new. I'm gonna go with Jake. Those that minister in word, they're do double honor. Why? Because they have double the arrows flying at them. It's a different thing. It's a completely different thing. These guys, on, guys and gals on TV, oh, can you believe they want a jet? Oh, can you believe they did this? Can you believe they did that? Some of them are spending $50 million a month to keep the gospel on television 24 hours a day. How much did you spend to get the gospel on TV last year? Not you. You on the internet. double honor because to get the gospel out a lot of times it takes double the doggone money it's a completely different thing the kingdom of God is a completely different thing 
2019 will not look like previous years at this church. 2019 will be a year of massive expansion. Many of you, many of you, and I sense the Lord as I say this, are going to be extremely blessed financially in the coming months. Because God is positioning us. He's positioning us for massive expansion. I think, I think we need to be sending some people out to take some more cities. I think we need to take some more regions. Would y'all be all right if we just took some more cities for the name of Jesus? I believe God's going to do some great things. But the way that it works in the kingdom is he begins to send it through those. Remember the Bible says the sower went forth to sow. He begins to send it to sowers. That's one of the reasons that our sacred Sunday coming up December 9th is so important. Be praying even now what role God would have you play. I can't wait to share some of the testimonies from last year's giving towards growth. Some of the things that have broken out. Many of you know about them, but some of the things that are broken out, some of them are just going to shock you. What God has actually done through what we all collectively join together to do. And that's where Jesus said, seek first. In other words, honor God first. So before we even get to 2018, 2019, we're going to be telling God, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about you. We're thinking about the people that you're going to bring to the house of God in 2019. And we're giving so that those people will have a place where they will be loved and pointed to Christ. Does that make sense? Give God a big hand of praise this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. If you're here today, you're not right with God. I want to pray with you quickly. Thank you for your patience today. Thank you for listening so attentively to the message pray in Jesus' name that the kingdom would break forth in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're not here, if you're not right with God, excuse me, if you're not right with God, you're not living right, you're not doing right, Jesus is not Lord of your life, I want to pray with you before you leave. Or you would say it differently. You would say, you know what, preacher? I used to walk strong with God, but I'm backslidden now. I'm like the prodigal son and I need to come home. I need to give my life to Jesus again. If that's you, you fall into any one of those two categories with nobody looking around. When I count to three, lift your hand. With an uplifted hand, you're saying, oh God, remember me. And he really, really will. One, two, three, lift your hand. Lift them high, lift them high. See that hand, I 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 see that hand. I see that hand, praise the Lord. Never too young, never too old. I see that hand, God bless you. Is there anybody else? Lift it high, hold it up. I see that hand. God bless you. You can put your hands down. If you're here today, you're going through a legal battle right now. You're going through a legal battle and you need the tide to turn. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. It's nothing like that. But if you're here today, you're going through a legal battle. I can tell you testimony upon testimony, including in the last couple weeks where people left this service and the next day, the whole thing was dropped. If that's you and you're in a legal battle, please bow your head and close your eyes. I don't want anybody embarrassed. But if you're in a legal battle right now and you need the hand of God to move on your behalf, would you lift your hand right now so I can pray for you? Lord Jesus, you see these hands. You, Lord, are the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you, Lord God, for going before us and making a way for us, for opening the windows of heaven, for closing doors that should be closed. I call forth victory to hit these families now in those lawsuits, in those legal areas. I decree and declare strength and victory in this place. I say, Lord God, that the tide of the battle has turned even now, and I speak complete and total victory and freedom in those situations. I decree and declare large settlements for those believing God for settlements, good 
good verdicts for those believing God for good verdicts. I'm believing God that you're going to move on their behalf just like you said you would in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Praise God. Believe in God with you. Now for every person under the sound of my voice, let's all pray this together. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.